When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hey, Art. Hey. Knock, knock. Uh, who's, th- who's there? Boo. <gasps> Boo-hoo. Oh, well, there's no reason to cry, but there are ghosts in today's episode. Whoa! Oh, my God. I got God, Andy, with a big old knockers. Your big old knockers. My knockers. Flopping around, <laughs> bouncing in your ears. They got you. <laughs> Andy's big old knockers uh, flinging off those knock-knock jokes. Um, knock it off, Andy. <laughs> because uh, we are. We're talking about ghosts today involving uh, something you're very familiar with. College. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The state of Ohio? Yes. And uh, yeah, a, a university in Ohio. A university in Ohio. I'm very familiar with a university in Ohio. Not this one. Not this one. Never been there, actually. Right. It's called Ohio University. <laughs> this is Ohio University in Cincinnati? Wow. You couldn't be more wrong. Uh, it's in, in Athens. Athens, Ohio. I should have yes. known that. From Del Hart did a lot of research into this one. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio University famous. This is a big university? Yeah. Uh, the enrollment, a big one. The enrollment is north of 20,000 undergrad. It's a, it's a it's a fairly good sized research university, very connected, very connected to today's to the to to the bunk bunker who submitted the topic. Yeah, it is actually. This came to us. This topic was suggested by a bunk bunker, Benjamin Shoptaw Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you for this topic. This is a great topic. Yeah, I all about the Benjamins. Ohio University is known for its big Halloween party celebration. That's. It is the big like social event at Ohio University. People go from all over to party at OU and have fun on Halloween. Well, Benjamin clued us in. Benjamin. This is actually one of the more haunted colleges, universities in the United States. Ooh, uh, don't look over Ohio University students because taking a final next to you might be a ghost. And I would just want to say this was a terrific email. From Benjamin. Great email. Thank you, Benjamin. Multiple suggestions of phenomena 
at Ohio University, very well constructed with extra detail and things. You know, a lot of times we could get an email that just says like, hey, have you ever looked into this thing? And that's where it ends. And that's great. We love getting those emails. This was this went above and beyond in terms of the description. And Benjamin even included a personal story that is in- from his mom. That's we're going to talk about it. But well, we don't let's not. I mean, I don't know if we should spoil it. Oh, spoiler Benjamin. alert. Because Pretend I it didn't might be a that. fun surprise, but fun at surprise. the same time, it's okay. It's okay, I spoiled it already. No, it's fine. But, um, well, you'll see. You'll just have to see when you yeah, look at the research. But I, it was a great email. Uh, it's a great topic. And I would say if you bunk funkers are hot and horny for ghosts, yeah. you can't wait to be scared shitless. You should make like a ghost. And vanish from this point in time to a point mm. in time in the future, mm. indicated by the timestamp. That's right. In the show notes, which will tell you how to get directly to the research. That's right. Where we're going to give you the whole enchilada on some of the more prominent hauntings at Ohio University. Very correct. Yeah, check out that timestamp because first, uh, we got to talk about how we got abducted. Yeah. By the titular Mr. Bunker this week. Once again, Art and I have been kidnapped against our wills by the evil mastermind. Yeah, the, the illusionary master mastermind. of disguise known yeah, as Mr. Bunker. And we got to tell you how we got here. Well, this week, our abduction started with a little bit of jealousy, I guess you could say. Well, I mean, I don't, you know, you, yeah, listen, you said it, not me, Andy. I... Uh, as the Buckers may or not know, you know, I am a connoisseur of raw denim jeans, Johns. I have quite a few pairs myself, and I have amassed quite a few collections over the years, still hunting my white whale. Um, I don't know why I said that. Yeah. I'm still after a very expensive, very um, illustrious pair of raw denim, but they don't sell them here right. in Chicago. I don't know why. I wish Chicago... I, I want to send this out into the world. I wish Chicago had a better raw denim scene. I am not. I am not disparaging Mild Blend, the main purveyor of raw denim in the city of Chicago. Mild Blend. Uh, shout out Mild Blend. But I wish we had a little bit more. I wish we could compete with LA and New York uh, because they have tons of stores. They have basically any brand of raw denim you could want. Japanese or otherwise, or domestic. And and what's the brand that you're looking for again? Well, I don't want to say it. Okay. No, I do. It's called Oni Denim. Oni Denim. O-N-I Oni. That's what I thought you were going to say. Bunk Funkers, right. it's time that I make a little bit of a reveal here. And Please. No, no, no. Keep your fucking clothes on. Okay. Well, then I'll reveal something else. All right. It's not my nude body. I'll reveal some some information that might be of interest to the bunk funkers. I think that you should know, bunk funkers, that Oni Denim is not available in the city of Chicago. Wow. Yeah. It's very expensive and art can't afford it. Right. So what he's doing, and I think that he should be stopped from doing this, is he's putting together an Ocean's Eleven style team to go and Steal a pair of Oni denim jeans. Well, listen, raw steal, denim jeans. steal. This is this verb. Do we know what it means? Do we know, like, you know, are we using it loosely? Borrow, maybe fade. I'm just going to to fade some of these, and you know, I can return them to the fade museum later. Um, 
you know, Andy, but let's not disparage and, and, and put out my plans yet before they're, because I'm still looking for a really good demolitions guy. So, um, you know, and if, you know, you happen to be good at demolitions, you know, maybe slip me your CV or resume. Um, the posting is up on indeed, indeed.com. That's right. Just search for <laughs> looking for a demolitions guy to steal a pair of jeans. <laughs> is the name of the post. You'll find it. Um, to, to ease the pain of not being able to have these awesome jeans, I did purchase a pair of hybrid performance denim overalls. Yeah. These are hybrid performance overalls, Andy. These, you were having a, you were having a laugh. I, you know, you were over at my house. I had a laugh. Yeah. I was over at Art's house as I usually am. And I started going through Art's mail when he was in the bathroom as I usually do. And I op- really wish you would stop doing that. Yeah, well, I'm doing you a favor, honestly, because then you don't have so much stuff to open. I can make some decisions, quick decisions on junk mail and things like that. I mean, well, honestly, it's a you service. threw out my license renewal yeah. papers. You, I, you know, I was waiting for a couple of checks in the mail. You right. took those and cashed them yourself. Right. Um. You know, my. You know, I, I got a nice card from. Uh, well, after my- I renewed your license, it was pretty easy to impersonate you to cash those checks. <laughs> Currency exchange was none the wiser. <clears throat> but the point is, I'm doing you a favor and you should stop being an asshole about it. And that day, while you were in the bathroom, I opened a package uh-huh. from a, a, like a, it's just like a box. It wasn't Amazon. It was Bunk Jeans. It was Bunk Jeans, Bunk bunk Jeans Denim Co. Uh, and I, I got my, you know, I opened the box up uh-huh. and I find this pair of, Denim overalls. Hybrid performance denim overalls. Yeah, yeah, hybrid performance denim overalls. And I'm like, this is the fucking stupidest thing I have ever seen. You are hating. Denim overalls? What is art? A fucking 19th century coal miner? Denim overalls? What the fuck is this? You can do that. They're hybrid performance, Andy. Hybrid performance. You can take them coal mining. You can take them out for a night on the town. So art comes out of the bathroom, and I've thrown away several envelopes of stuff. And he, I'm holding these denim overalls and i'm just like hey dummy why did you buy these you're gonna look like a stupid idiot walking around in denim overalls are you even gonna wear a shirt with these or are you just gonna go bare chested like you're vince wilfork or something (laughs) and he starts extolling the benefits of these so i'm like well whatever anyway he goes to the batch they give they don't they hug they squeeze right you know, they're beefed up, they're juiced, they're fucking They stretch, stacked. they give, they stretch, they hug, they squeeze, <laughs> stretch, 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 squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. The hybrid performance denim overalls. Art goes to the bathroom again, and I'm like, I'm going to try these on now. And they're not my size Now, needless to say, I was waiting on a, uh, you know, some uh, gastrointestinal medicine to help with my bathroom problems. Right, I might have thrown and it And you out. might have thrown those out as well, because yeah. I was getting a delivery of prescriptions. I don't know. One of the packages was rattling a lot. I assumed it was broken, so I threw it out. The, I tried these on. These were, I got to tell you, Bunkfunkers, Art and I are very different sizes. He's 15 inches taller than me, and he weighs 300 pounds fewer than me. <laughs> Oh, that's true, but okay. <laughs> I put these on, and it s- hugged my body in all the right places. That's what I'm saying. It was the right length. It's like it's it knew how my body was proportioned, and it stretched to fit me. So, so functional. I just immediately start doing calisthenics. 
<laughs> the only way you can really test an article of clothing, you've got to stretch it out. Yeah. You were doing little dips. You were doing little pull-ups, chin-ups, push-ups. Mm-hmm. You were doing flagpoles, L-sits. Mm-hmm. You were doing... Um, Did my little yoga poses. Oh, I was yeah. warrior one, warrior two, warrior three. Upward-facing dog, downward dog. Doggy style. Pyramid pose, doggy style, pyramid scheme style. I was doing all of the yoga poses. Yeah. Triangle. Uh-huh. Yoshimitsu. Yoshimitsu. Tekken tag team. Yoshi's Island. I was doing them all. And these these overalls. <laughs> the furry one? These overalls kept up with me. Yeah. Yeah, they're functional. They're stylish. I mean- Andy, I've been telling you, these are so good for various activities. Yeah. You can take them out for a night on the town and you will look like a million bucks and you could go do workouts in them. They're hybrid performance denim overalls. And that actually happened to me. I decided to take my wife out for a nice dinner because it was our anniversary. Of course. You went to the only sizzler left in town. Yeah, I went to the, well, yeah. and But this is, it's the only sizzler left in town. And so- this is a franchise bunk bunkers, right? This is not. Uh-huh. This is not one of these corporate cookie cutter. This is a franchise Sizzler. It has all the great food of the Sizzler, but it's an upscale setting. For wow! The so they have a dress code. So I put on. I did my little thing. I put on my my button up shirt. I put on my little necktie. I put my overalls on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you, I got many a look. Yeah, the Maitre D was like right this tell. way, sir. Women wanted to be me and men wanted to be with me. And I was all thanks <laughs> to the overalls. <laughs> I'm glad that you're seeing it my way, Andy. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have hindsight. Well, I mean, as fun as it is to wear hybrid performance overalls and to, you know, strut down the street and suddenly like music starts playing, you find yourself in a flash mob. You find yourself in some kind of live-in, real-life musical number where you're the star and all the moves you're doing are choreographed to everybody else. Um, well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. So, of course, Art got kind of mad yeah. about me stealing his right. hyper-performance denim overalls and yeah. running off and gallivanting at the Sizzler. and the upscale Sizzler. Yeah, I was being introduced to Chicago aldermen all over the place. I was becoming a real up-and-comer. And I was up, I was coming, I was moving and shaking. And Art was very upset at this. Yeah. Because those were supposed to be his overalls. Well, yeah. And he had a point. Mm-hmm. I refused to take them off. Yeah. So Art said, fuck you, we're going to share these. Yeah. And he climbed into the overalls with me. Don't you know it? They adjusted. They adjusted to fit both of us. Right. Suddenly, there were four legs instead of two. Oh, we were side by side. <laughs> it was a side by side deal. I knew. You <laughs> I thought we would be butt to butt. Yeah, you felt like we were right on top of each other, but it was just because my butt is very obnoxious. <laughs> so we were side on side. We were side on side. It was. I don't know how that works. But the 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 overalls they adjusted. To fit it. Okay. And we started we started to enjoy life. We started strutting. We started strutting. We were strutting so much I didn't I didn't even know where we were going. No. We didn't know it was hard to tell who was leading. Because yeah. we were side to side, but you were facing one direction, I was facing oh. the other. 
And don't think about it too much. It's like an MC Escher painting. Just, right. just enjoy it. And so we were doing this sort of like crab walk thing yeah. around. So nobody was sure who was leading what. Uh-huh. And we walked right here to the bunker. Yeah. We walked ourselves we to the bunker. crab walked to the bunker. And it was at that point <sighs> we both realized neither one of us was driving these overalls. The overalls were driving us. The hybrid performance denim overalls were Mr. Bunker. Right. The titular Mr. Bunker. Yes. Both of our bodies have now been inside Mr. Bunker. You know what? I'm not so pissed that he duped us again. I'm pissed that he is... uh, He is besmirching the good name of hybrid performance denim overalls. That's because fair. now everyone, no one's going to buy high-performance denim overalls anymore. They're going to think, oh, that's Mr. Bunker. Could be. You know what? High-performance denim overalls, as we've seen and shown and demonstrated, they are probably the perfect pair of pants. Yeah. They're, I can't imagine a better garment to cover your lower half than high-performance denim And part overalls. of your upper half. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's a bonus because you treat them like a pair of pants, but you get a top portion of it as well yeah there's just a little chest covering there right so you know um here we are we're here once again in the bunker we've been duped we've been got we fucking i feel like an idiot walking myself to the fucking bunker in my hybrid performance denim overalls. no don't feel bad we no, were, i feel like a fool the overalls were directing us i feel like a fool well okay when i should have felt like a goddamn king that's true in my hybrid performance denim overalls. Yeah. Anyway, we feel foolish, but plus you spent like $500 on these overalls. The fades on these things are going to be fucking crazy. Even though they are a person, not a jean. Can you imagine jeans that would stretch that much? Oh my God, the fades. And he's looking at me like, yeah, he knows what's up. He definitely knows what I am talking about. The fades, Andy. All about the fades. I hear you. Fade me. You're not making the playoffs. Um, Speaking of making the playoffs, we have to ring a bunker alarm for a brand new patron. Yeah, we do. We have a new patron. We have a beloved bunk funker, proud patron. Right. Who has joined the ranks of... Those people who pay us and was money. not coerced. Not was not coerced, despite what you might hear, right, or read in the press. Uh huh. There was no coercion here. Nope. This was not uh, a thing done under duress. This was totally of this bunk funker's free will. We had nothing to do with it. Now we say this a lot when the bunk funkers are also our friends. So, but heed our warning. Heed our warning. This was not. We did not send any threatening text messages. <laughs> we did not. Photoshop incriminating photos of this person. Yeah, yeah. This was all a choice they made of their own free will. That's right. And are willing to sign documents indicating Mm -hmm. the exact same. Yeah, and they will. So, welcome to our newest patron, Skylar Weinberg. Skylar! Skylar! Thank you. So, Bunkfunkers, Skylar is one of our oldest and dearest friends. Right. Uh, We've shared beds with him. (laughs) We've shared... Bathrooms with him. Oh, yeah. Maybe a little bit too much. (laughs) (laughs) He's definitely fucked up some toilets. 
Oh boy. Has oh he ever. boy. <laughs> oh, a little bit of Skylaring at your friend's apartment for the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, and in no way was he or anyone else who we are friends with and did comedy with for years ever coerced into joining the Patreon and giving us money. No, 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 no. To completely above board. Anyway, <laughs> let's ring that bunker alarm. So I'm going to fire up the old Bunk Tech Bunker Alarm 3000 for That's right. our pal Skylar Weinberg, proud patron of the show. That is uh, Let me just go ahead correct. and turn this thing on. Here we go. Uh, Seems like we forget every week. It's sort of, uh, there's a lot of options here. But it's like the interface is so, it's like a big synth module. You know, it's, it's, it's user-friendly in a way that you can do the wrong thing and get the right answer. You know what I mean? <laughs> It knows what you want. It just does. It only does a few things and yeah. it's hard to get it wrong. There's so many buttons that I just think are superfluous because really it doesn't do anything, but let's just go ahead and turn it on. Is it working? There's like one light blinking. Oh yeah. I see that. Huh. There's a button next to the light. I'll press it. I mean, go ahead. <laughs> okay. It <laughs> looks like it's... Yeah, we're getting some readings. <laughs> My God, this is off the charts. <laughs> we're getting readings? There's a gauge that's going... <laughs> oh, my God. It's just spinning around in circles. <laughs> uh oh Steam! Ah, steam! All right, all right, all right. We better make a selection quick. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to type in the keyboard. Oh, I'm going to click the mouse. <laughs> That's right. Do. It has a computer screen now. As you do. Whenever you're using a computer. Okay. Uh, so, oh, no, more steam. <laughs> Ooh, it's so hot. It's oh, going it's into so that hot. milk foam. It's going into my mouth. <laughs> Oh no, the steam is in my mouth. Psst. Uh, uh, get out of my mouth, steam. Uh, oh yeah, get steam. Uh. Oh, it's so gross. Uh, yucky. Uh. I should move my head. Uh. Just one single jet of steam. Uh. Okay, let's go ahead and pick one. Here we go. We got a good uh, one here. All right. It's locked in. You like this one? I will see. Okay. Okay. Oh, more steam. <laughs> oh, that fucking steam. Move that nozzle, Andy. Get your mouth off of the nozzle. Okay, I'm starting to think you're putting your mouth on the oh, nozzle. Oh, the readings are off the charts. <laughs> Bugbuckers, for your record, Andy has his head under the nozzle <laughs> like it's a 7-Eleven fucking Slurpee machine. <laughs> My mouth steam up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where's my Skylar Weinberg? <laughs> this bunker alarm is for you. In three, two, one. We Oh. 
Oh no, a crow got in here. <laughs> oh god. Oh no, we're still getting away from the steam. Oh no, the crow oh, no, went into the, the crow steam. got cooked. Skylar, thank you. That was bunker alarm was for you. Skylar, thank you for your patronage of the show yeah. and thank you for being a friend. We've thank traveled you. down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. And if they threw a party, oh, and invited everyone you knew, Skylar. Wow. You would see oh. the biggest gift would be from me. Wow. And the card attached would say Thank you for being a friend. Wow. How lovely. Thank you again, Skylar. So oh, no, Steam. <laughs> Get out of my mouth, Steam. I better turn this thing off. Wow. Okay. We've powered down the machine. Thank you again, Skylar, for joining the Patreon and supporting the show. Um, if you would like a bunker alarm just like Skylar. If you. <laughs> if you. With like a bungalow, I'm just like Skylar. You, can, you might just be a redneck. <laughs> you might just be a redneck. And you can join the bunker. Uh, the, no, you can join the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod, where for $5 a month, you can get your own bunker alarm, as well as getting access to our back catalog of 30 to 40 hours. Yeah. I gotta stop giving that range. I guess they're just using a real range. 30 to 40 hours of... Um, of audio content that we have back there of our Patreon-only show, Andy and Art Debunked. We cover a lot of uh, topics that don't necessarily live in the Bunkerverse that, that yeah. Mr. Bunker wouldn't, like, you know... He won't let us do. No, these are, like, topics on weird people that don't have, like, a conspiracy angle. But, you know, we're hunky, chattish right. podcasters now. Uh-huh. And we do our own thing. Sure. And so you can also get access to the Bunker Discord, chat with Andy and I and other Bunk Funkers... Bunker newsletter, sneak peeks, behind the scenes stuff, goodies, gift bags, who knows what. Um, Salami of the Month Club. <laughs> Salami of the Month Club coming soon. Um, yeah, check it out. Thanks again to Benjamin. Benjamin and. And. Thanks, thanks Benjamin, for this episode suggestion. Right. Thank you, Skyler. Skyler. For your patronage. That's right. And uh, thank you, dear Bung Funker, for joining us on this little journey. We, we, uh, we're about to take you to school. All right? Time to get a little learning in you. Yeah. And guess what? There's going to be a little bit of drinking. There's going to be a little bit of partying. A little bit of mischievousness. Because we're going to college. <laughs> Bill Cosby? Good oh, God, no. <laughs> no, not at the college, no. Don't take any drinks from him. Oh, God. <laughs> no, there's ghosts, Sandy. This is a haunted oh. school. Ohio University in Athens, Ohio. Your favorite state, your home state, and your hometown. <laughs> That's right. Bumfunkers, I was famously born in Athens, but I've never been there <laughs> Or been to Ohio University. No, Athens, Greece. Oh, that's right. You're Greek. I'm Greasy. And so that must mean I'm from Greece. It's all Greek to me. Um, let's get well, into it. Well, you're the one that I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And let's get into it here, Andy. This is uh, Ohio University Hauntings here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Ooh.
Bunkfunkers, I hope you're all wearing your active wear, your paranormal active wear. Was that a play on like paranormal activity that you were trying to do? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty clever, right? Meh. Well, it's not bad, okay? <laughs> anyway, we'll workshop it. Anyway, <laughs> there's ghosts afoot today, Bunkfunkers. We're checking out an absolute educational epicenter of ethereal encounters. Alliteration. That's right, Andy. We're talking about a university from your home state of Ohio, but not your alma mater, which you love. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Ohio University and the many ghosts and hauntings associated with its campus. You know, even though I didn't attend Ohio University, they found plenty of other things to haunt their students. My services weren't even needed. Ohio University is a fairly large research university located in southeastern... Hold on. Uh, Andy, wh wh what was that? <laughs> Andy, I hope that's your tummy making that noise. No. Wait. I actually don't hope that. I do hope it's something else. You're in luck, Art, because that wasn't my body making that terrifying sound for once. Oh. It sounds, it sounds like a g -g 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 ghost. That's because it is a ghost. Zoinks! It's -a me, a Felaccio. I'm the ghost who haunts this bunker. A ghost? <laughs> yeah, right. Come on now, Art. I may be an idiot and completely inept and fully incompetent and uh, sexually dysfunctional, oh. but even I know that ghosts aren't real. And what is that voice? Some kind of an Italian stereotype accent? Why would any ghost talk like that? Welcome's Razor, man. This is probably just you jerking off my leg here. I'm not falling for it. I'm I'm not doing anything, Andy. I promise you, there is literally a spectral figure over your shoulder right now, and I can see it. Andy, it's a true. I am the spirit of a Felaccio, the world's first a true competitive eating a champion. Nobody could slurp up more pasta than me. Wow. A competitive eater, just like my hero, Kobayashi. Also, a ghost who loves to eat, just like Andy's hero, Slimer. Love that, dude. Well, you guys relate to each other a lot, yeah. huh? A lot of overlap in our characters. But, uh, Andy, what do you what do you want from us, Felatio? What's your name? It's Felatio. Oh, my bad. I get that a lot. Well, you know, obviously I feel very much a kinship with you, given that I'm Italian. I have a very thick Italian accent, as many of the bunk funkers know. Uh, but what do you want from us, Felatio? You know, you're not going to do one of those horrific ghost things like... Uh, Gulp. Move our stuff around. Are you? No, Art. I'm not that kind of ghost. I'm only here because I needed your help to release me from this prison of a ghosthood. In my life, I was supposed to attempt to set the Guinness World Record for the fastest time to eat a bowl of pasta. I knew I could do it, too. I would have been famous. 
all of the people would have been shouting, We want the Felaccio! Give us Felaccio! Wow. Unfortunately, I was killed when some movers accidentally dropped a grand piano onto my head from a high-rise building. My head had popped out of the wreckage, and all my teeth had been replaced by a piano keys. And then, and then I had died from my injuries almost immediately. My God. Now my spirit can never be at rest until someone sets the pasta eating record in my honor. I would have asked some professional eaters to do this for me, but a part of being a ghost is that to move on, you must also help someone else grow. Uh-huh. I will help Andy learn to believe in a ghost and not to be so insufferable to anybody who's had a paranormal experience. Then, bada bing, my soul will be able to be at rest. Andy, I mean, what do you say? This is incredible. Are you willing to eat 100 grams of pasta in sauce in fewer than 26.69 seconds in order to set a new Guinness World Record while simultaneously learning to not be such an obstinate jackass? All in an effort to help a deceased competitive eater's spirit move on to the next plane of existence? Andy, are you? Whatever, Art. Fine. <laughs> I'll eat your bowl of pasta. I can do it in my sleep. And I have eaten pasta in my sleep before. <laughs> I've seen it. It's gross. If it will get you to quit doing this dumbass ghost stick, yes, I'll eat some friggin' pasta. But I'll only do it under one condition. That we can deliver the whole enchilada on this topic first, then eat pasta. Palaccio? Buono, buono. I hope you won't let me down. <laughs> All right. Okay, we have a deal. It's happening. Bunk Funkers, you're, I mean, you're witnessing this. Well, you're not seeing it, but you're hearing it. We're going to deliver the whole enchilada, then do some Falaccio stuff together. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Haunted Ohio University. And maybe, hey, uh, Falaccio, you know, you can uh, add some ghostly insights. I mean, this is apropos that you're here. Oh, brother, I hope not. Anyway, bunk funkers, we're going to get into all this creepy paranormal shit going down at Ohio University. But hey, first, we got to tell you what even is Ohio University. In times like these, we would normally call in the history hog. But today, in honor of Ohio University, we're going to call on the services of the backstory bobcat. performance one night and this woman came up to me and said oh I really like to act would you like to come over to my house and do some cocaine <sighs> yeah yeah I'm the guy you want wired in your apartment <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be like it'd be like Aah! what do you mean you don't have any more pets the great state of Ohio achieved statehood in early 1803 technically on February 19th, 1803, but colloquially and now legally on March 1st, 1803, March 1st, 1803, less than a year later on February 18th, 1804, the Ohio General Assembly, the state legislative body, passed an act that established the Ohio University, which opened in 1808 in the city of Athens. Not the capital of Greece, no, no. Rather, we're talking about the Athens in southeastern Ohio, Ohio University was Ohio's first university and is actually the 10th oldest public university in all of the USA. And you know what they say about old universities? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> they have old dongs. Oh, Andy, they're haunted as fuck. Oh. And Ohio University is no exception, my friend. Uh, the university 
has seen its fair share of ghosts and paranormal happenings, and we are going to tell you about a few. Let's start with a story that Benjamin, the bunkfunker, uh, who suggested first in you know his email to us, the story of Margaret Schilling and the stain her body left behind in what is now Lynn Hall. <laughs> Big deal. My body has left a stain in every building I've ever been in, and even a few times in places outside. Yeah, but Andy, this stain was left behind uh, from Margaret Schilling's dead body. Did I mention that Lynn Hall used to be part of a mental hospital? Because it did. While the area, um, now known as the Ridges, is part of the Ohio University campus, it was formerly the site of the Athens Lunatic Asylum, uh, which opened in 1874. And hey, let me tell you, this mental hospital had quite a few names in its lifespan, which was all the way up until 1993. Uh, over the years, the facility was called the Athens Hospital for the Insane, the Athens Asylum for the Insane, the Athens State Hospital, the Southeastern Ohio Mental Center, Mental Health Center, the Athens Mental Health Center, the Athens Mental Health Developmental Center, and the Athens Mental Health Center. <laughs> they used this one before, but I guess they just said, fuck it, reuse it, it's fine. We like that one. That was a big hit. Yeah. <laughs> really popular name. <laughs> The Athens Mental Health Center was a pretty large facility, and the hospital sat on a similarly large uh, ground space. Um, at its peak, the hospital had 78 buildings on its grounds. That's pretty big, which covered more than 1,000 acres, and the facility was home to 1,800 patients. That's a lot. One patient at the hospital was a 53-year-old deaf and mute woman named Margaret Schilling. As far as we know, Schilling was not blind, so was likely only a moderately good pinball player at best. At any rate, on December 1st of 1978, Margaret Schilling didn't show up for dinner. The hospital issued a code brown, the code to have employees do a search for a missing patient. Now, I'm sure you're all expecting us to make some sort of a poop or a diarrhea joke here. I mean, a code brown joke pretty much writes itself, right? But we're two mature adults... And we don't always have to resort to potty humor. Oops. Fuck. You can cut that out, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'll, I'll cut that out. You want to clap or snap or something so you know when to cut? Nah, nah. I'll remember. You just go ahead. You go ahead whenever you're ready. Mama mia. I'm a dead and this smell is a turning my stomach. I forgot the, what it was like to a taster. And this is the worst possible way to remember. Yeah, okay, Falaccio. It was an accident. Sheesh, give me a break. I had Wendy's for breakfast and then ate two consecutive meals at Chipotle. All right? I got a lot going on in here. <gasps> anyway, uh, as we mentioned, the hospital grounds were expansive, so it was not uncommon for patients to walk off away from the hospital or even into the woods nearby. In these cases, workers at the hospital would go look for the patient, find them, and bring them back to their room. That cold December night, though, the staff could not locate Margaret Schilling. The local police were engaged and performed a search of the grounds and buildings in the daylight, and still, Margaret could not be found. Finally, 42 days after Margaret went missing, on January 12, 1979, she was found. A maintenance worker found her in the attic, the very top floor. 
of a part of the hospital that had previously been used to house patients with infectious diseases, but which had been closed off for some time. Unfortunately, Margaret was dead. The officials listed her cause of death as heart failure. The part of the facility where Margaret died was not heated, and doctors determined her heart failed due to exposure to the freezing December temperatures. Margaret's body was found completely nude, with her clothes set beside her, folded neatly. She was found laying on the floor in a spot where the sunlight made direct contact with her. When her body was moved from the room, a Margaret Schilling-shaped mark was left on the floor. Despite workers' best efforts, that mark could not be removed. This is what's known today as the stain. But hey, what was Margaret Schilling doing in the attic in a closed-off part of the hospital? Why did she end up dying in that room? There are quite a few rumors, but not much proof. Here are some of the hypotheses. Number one, the part of the hospital where Margaret was found had automatically locking doors. Remember, it used to be home to infectious patients, so that helped keep the area quarantined. Some say Margaret just wandered off and had the door locked behind her. When she became trapped in the room, she was not able to alert anyone to her peril and slowly succumbed to the elements. Others say Margaret was having a game of hide-and-seek with a nurse and hid so well the nurse forgot about her. Along these same lines, it's also been suggested that Margaret was playing hide-and-seek with some of the other residents who also forgot about her. There's also a rumor that Margaret had an affair with one of the staff members at the hospital and became pregnant. When the staff member found out, he locked Margaret in the room so she and the unborn baby would die. This story is in doubt, though, because the autopsy report made no mention of a pregnancy. Now, even though it's been a while since the floor of the old asylum got stained, you can still see the stain today. Uh, It's said that anyone who touches the stain will become cursed, suffering misery and bad luck, leading to an early death. It's also said that Margaret's ghost haunts the old mental hospital. People say the ghost keeps an eye on things from the room where Margaret died, or that her ghost wanders the halls on Lynn Hall, sometimes with the ghosts of other patients. Wait, ghosts of other patients? This sounds like a ghost of singles mixer. Hey, that's one way to look at it. Maybe the, uh, all these ghosts are just waiting for some fellaccio. Huh? <laughs> Mamma mia. He's a lover, not a fighter. And an eater. Anyway, the Athens Lunatic Asylum was a great big facility that uh, could house a lot of patients. Especially if you disregard the actual intended capacity of the facility, which they did. <laughs> the asylum also was known to use treatments like lobotomies and electroshock therapy treatments that are now considered ineffective and dangerous. All things considered, it really isn't surprising that a place like the Athens Asylum would have seen its fair share of deaths over the years. It's said that the spirit of some of these patients still roam the halls and grounds of the asylum. Folks say you can hear strange, disembodied voices. If you go to the basement, you can hear screams and the sounds of shackles. Yes, shackles. Apparently, there are still shackles bolted to the wall in the basement, used for restraining the patients. One set of shackles has a carving in the wall next to it reading, I was never crazy. To deal with all those dead bodies, uh, at least the ones not claimed by family members, 
The facility maintained multiple cemeteries on site and continued to use the cemeteries until 1972. From the time the asylum opened all the way until 1943, deceased patients were buried in graves marked only with numbers. A hospital logbook lists the names of 1,700 patients who were buried in numbered graves, and that's 1,700 out of more than 2,000 patients buried on the grounds. Interesting to note, Margaret Schilling's body was not buried on the asylum grounds. Her final, final resting place is in a cemetery in New Lexington, Ohio. Now, aside from ghosts haunting the old asylum buildings, locals also report eerie screams at night coming from the asylum's cemeteries. Some ghost hunters have claimed to have recorded some of the ghosts even speaking. Some folks have also reported seeing strange lights in these cemeteries. Now, there may be a lot of human remains at the ridges, but uh, the rest of Athens, Ohio, also has its fair share of cemeteries. There are more than 50 cemeteries in the Athens area, and many of them are said to be haunted in their own right. I mean, it's no wonder that this terrifying town has spawned an unnerving university populated by creepy co-eds. Mamma mia! Clearly, this this Athens is some kind of a ghost party town. <laughs> You're not wrong, Falaccio. So, uh, hey, let's get into some of the famous ghost stories of Ohio University, shall we, my friend? Okay. Well, I guess we're friends now. Oh, you're talking to Falaccio and not me. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I, I guess I'll get started. It's a script, so, I mean, like, either one of us could have read this, but I guess you're just going to sit there. Yep. God damn it, Andy. When are you going to learn? You signed a contract. Falaccio is going to teach you how to be a better person. Lord, give me the strength. Anyway, when I say any, I tried to say any, I was reading anyway, and then I ended up trying to say any who, and I think I said any woo. Any woo. Any woo. Any woo. I think we can all agree the best thing about going to college, because I love college, is dorm life. Oh, yeah. Just you, your roommates you never met, hanging out. Drawing male genitalia on your roommates that passed out in the bathroom. Jerking off into each other's toiletries. Oh, my God. Ugh. Anybody who's ever lived in a college dorm has experienced all these exact same Trip things. Trip down memory lane. Yeah, I know, right? But consider, if you will, a dorm where there's not cum in the shampoo bottles. Hard to think about, but imagine it. But instead of cum in the shampoo bottles, you've got paranormal entities in the building. That's just exactly what we're allegedly going on. That's just exactly what's allegedly going on at Ohio University's residence hall, Wilson Hall. On the surface, Wilson Hall looks just like any other college building. It seems like your average residence hall. It was built in 1964 and was originally called West Green Building Number 5. Catchy! Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Surprised that didn't stick. Yeah. It was later renamed Wilson Hall in honor of Hiram Roy Wilson, a faculty member at Ohio University for almost 50 years and a president of the Ohio Alumni Association. He even donated his library of 1,000 books to the university. I, too, hope to someday donate the books in my library to my alma mater. I mean, okay, but do you really think your university will want 1,000 copies of The Late Show with David Letterman's top 10 list books? No. No. I mean, I can't donate them. <laughs> 1,000 copies? I have to have doubles. That's some good lists. What if, what if one of the books breaks down? 
What if one of the books breaks down? You got 999 others. You got to have a spare. These are good coffee table books. Great conversation starters. Anyway, you wouldn't think that an unassuming dormitory. <laughs> dormitory. I don't know. Dormitory. Yeah. dormitory. I feel like I said that weird. Dormitory. It's fine. Okay. All right. I'm in my I own head. I didn't even notice it. I'm in my own head. Falaccio, he's got a lot to learn. Okay. He, he gets on my case. I guess you so. get it. Yeah, because we're Italian. I have a I'm, thick Italian accent. I know like it's hard to sometimes to speak English, especially when it gets hot. When the mercury rises, it's hard to speak. You hit one of my one of my words, um, <laughs> mercury. Can't say that word. I don't know. There's something about it. Just uh, do this old filaccio trick. Uh, eat a handful of almonds, uh, and then you will uh, be able to speak better. <laughs> Uh, almonds. And so this this dormitory um, would be one of the most haunted places on Ohio, Uni- Ohio University's campus, Wilson Hall. But you'd be wrong. If you go to Wilson Hall's fourth floor and head to room 428, you'll find the door locked. The room is closed off to students. Allegedly, it's the only room on campus that's completely locked to the students. Local legends say that Wilson Hall is built atop an ancient Indian burial ground. I mean, if we've ever learned anything from horror media at all, people, it's that this is a surefire way to get some kind of creepy things happening, okay? Things such as headless American bison named Stroud, the ghost of which is said to roam the West Green area of OU's campus where Wilson Hall is located. (laughs) The bison was apparently beheaded by soldiers during the Civil War, although it doesn't seem like there were probably that many bison in southeastern Ohio by the time of the Civil War. And it seems even less likely that the bison beheading had anything to do with the war effort. Well, regardless, later research concluded that Wilson Hall was actually built on top of one of the areas usually used as a cemetery by the old Athens Lunatic Asylum. Remember those cemeteries we told you about earlier? How could I forget those cemeteries are like an Applebee's of the dead. Hmm. What a strange turn of phrase. Anyway, it's also said that Wilson Hall sits at the center of a cemetery pentagram. So let me explain this a little. Wilson Hall is in the middle of an area where there are five cemeteries, which roughly form the shape of a pentagram. If you like drew lines on a map from them. In the 1970s, a resident died in room 428. Since the student's death, the room has become a hotbed of paranormal activity. Students living in room 428 experienced their belongings flying around the room and heard mysterious voices. One resident even said that on more than one occasion, he set his alarm before going to bed only to wake up to find out the alarm was never set. Creepy! Ooh! I'm getting chills. <laughs> That's got to be a ghost. The door to room 428 would open and shut itself. And students saw the faces of demons in the door's wood grain. The university heard this and decided on a practical solution. Replace the door. <laughs> that ought to fix it. That ought to fix it. Shockingly, it didn't work. Oh, oh. the paranormal experiences continued. The whole situation culminated with the alleged suicide of a resident. 
Apparently, the student practiced astral projection, a way to separate the spirit energy from the physical body so that the spirit can move freely through the universe. Uh, the student also allegedly was practicing dark magic. One night, the student took a little personal field trip to the ridges and visited the infamous stain of Margaret Schilling. The student touched the stain and became possessed by evil spirits, which caused the student to take their own life. Following the student's suicide, room 428 was sealed, deemed by the university to be uninhabitable. It's said that uh, though the ghost of the room's final victim still haunts Wilson Hall, unable to escape room 428. While Wilson Hall is certainly an eerie place, it's far from the only residence hall on OU's campus where you can encounter a ghost. The Convocation Center, or the Convo, is the home court of the Ohio Bobcats basketball, volleyball, and wrestling teams. It also has office space, is part of the School of Electrical Engineering and Computer Science, and hosts a range of events. Last but not least, it's also got some dorm rooms in it and is part of the West Green area of campus, just like Wilson Hall. It was in one of these Convo dorm rooms that a former resident advisor, or RA, was murdered by her boyfriend. It's said that the RA's ghost now roams the residence area of the Convocation Center. But this is a kind ghost, just making sure students are safe and that their doors are locked. It's also said that another student resident of the Convo died in their sleep. The student's ghost now haunts the dorm rooms, holding living students as they sleep in the bed where the ghost's body died. Aww! These are such sweet ghosts at the Convocation Center. That's so beautiful! Aw, oh, don't cry, Falaccio. Mamma mia. You're getting ghostly tears all over Andy's shoulder. There's nothing on my shoulder. That My shirt was already wet. Uh, let's talk about Jefferson Hall, which is in the East Green part of campus. Um, has also, you know, reportedly been the site of paranormal happenings. In 1996, some residents were up in the attic of Jefferson Hall when they found a woman dressed in 1950s styles garb. Uh, poodle skirts, anybody? <laughs> bark, bark. <laughs> bark, bark. Just, just this woman just sitting at a desk. The students tried to talk to the woman, but they soon became aware that the woman was transparent and also floating. Which is a thing I have seen other women do when I try to talk to them. They float away. Right. But they become transparent and float away. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah. they become very transparent. They say, I do not want to speak with you. And they float away. Right. Right. But this was different. This woman was see through and floating up and down. Right. Yeah. It seems like they might have, uh, you know, they might have noticed that right away. But, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's sometimes hard to tell if the person you're talking to is transparent and floating or not. Whoa. Are they from the 1950s and transparent? You know, back when people were transparent and could float. Oh, no, wait, ghost. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It was only the, only the style of dress. The students left to get their RA, which is always, always the thing you should do if you spot a ghost in your dorm. Immediately get the RA and be safe. Anyway, they all went back to the room where the 1950s woman was, but there was nobody there. And the door to the room was locked. After this, students started to notice lights in the building turning on and off by themselves. They heard sounds like lots of marbles hitting the floor in the room above and that toilets in the door. That toilets in the door or dorm? Dorm. 
Toilets in the dorm began to flush by themselves. And toilet paper unrolling on its own, even with someone in the stall. Oh my God, that would piss me off so much if a ghost unrolled all of my toilet paper while I was using a toilet stall. Oh my God, would I be pissed. But uh, you would believe in a ghost if a ghost did some unexplained stuff to you in the toilet? No, probably not. I would definitely find some other more rational explanation, even if the situation seemingly defied explanation. Hey, why is my roll of toilet paper that I keep beside me at all times floating away? Yeah, probably just a weird draft in here. God anyway. Damn it, Andy. Anyway, OU student and Jefferson Hall resident Izzy Gibbs said the following about living in Jefferson Hall. Quote, we were sleeping with all the windows open, and then I woke up. All of the curtains were floating in the room. It was very eerie and ominous with the lighting. Then the door just kept opening and slamming and opening and slamming. I couldn't move. End quote. Washington Hall, named after uh, George Washington. You ever heard of him? No. I have not heard of him. Oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't expect you to, Flaccio, but he was the first president of the United States. Oh, congratulations, George Washington. I mean, maybe you'll meet him someday. He, I, he may or may not have passed on. I don't know. Uh, but he's been dead for a long time. Oh, okay. I'll keep an eye out for him and tell him you said hello. Okay, all right. Thanks, Flaccio. <laughs> you do that. Okay, thanks, Flaccio. And another East Green dormitory, uh, Washington Hall, is said to be haunted by the ghosts of not one, but two entire basketball teams. I bet you, I bet you didn't, you didn't expect that, huh? Yeah, yeah, that was coming out of left field. Apparently, a high school girls basketball team was visiting Ohio University's campus and, on their way back home, were killed in a bus crash. The team enjoyed being at OU so much that they decided to stay there. For eternity. The uppermost floor of Washington Hall was formerly a recreation room when the building was strictly a men's only dorm. And I guess a ghostly team of men's basketball players lives there now. Hmm. Either way, residents of the dorm now claim to hear the sounds of running feet and bouncing basketballs. They say the high school girls team is all over the building, whereas the men's team stays in the attic. West Green, East Green, been there, done that. Let's visit a dorm on the South Green now. Welcome to Crawford Hall, named for Andrew J. Crawford, a doctor and state legislator. The residence hall named for Crawford is allegedly home to the ghost of a former OU student in the 1990s named Laura, who died after falling out of a window on Crawford Hall's fourth story. Not long after Laura's unfortunate accident, Crawford Hall residents began to report flickering lights in the building and doors opening by themselves and slamming shut. The creepy activity was especially prevalent on the first floor. One night, a resident advisor on the first floor awoke to find a ghostly girl standing in his doorway. As much as this RA probably felt like a spectrophilia incident was about to commence, the ghost instead said, I'm sorry I've woken you, and closed the dorm room door. The RA went to the hall to look for this specter, but found no one. The RA later found out that the sidewalk just outside the dorm room was the place where Laura's body landed. It's worth mentioning that another OU student tragically was killed in 2009, also in a fall from a fourth-story window. Only this incident happened at a different South Green dorm, Weld House. 
Weld House stopped housing students in 2019 and was demolished in 2021 to make way for a recreational green space. And hey, it's not a residence hall, but it is a hotel. And uh, that's almost like, you know, kind of the same thing. So let's talk about a story from the Ohio University Inn Conference Center. The Inn is on OU's campus and is owned by the Ohio University Foundation. It's the official hotel of Ohio University. So fuck you, Holiday Inn Express. That'll teach you to ban me. Fuck you, Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> I'll take as many free soaps as I want. I'll take free soaps. I'll take free shampoos. And yeah, if I want to pack a suitcase full of waffles from the breakfast bar, I'll do it, okay? Suddenly now there's limits yeah. on it when I right. want to pack a suitcase full of waffles. I'm sorry. I thought it said complimentary continental breakfast. Well, this isn't very complimentary, very complimentary yeah. when someone calls me a fat ass and tells me I should take my dumb rube bitch self back to where I came from and leave you the fuck alone, okay? Man, the staff there are fucking rude. I they cannot believe they said that to you. That was not another patron. That was the staff. <laughs> that was the manager. <laughs> I can't blame him. I was being an asshole. But you should be allowed to pack a suitcase full of waffles. Yeah. The inn is across the Hocking River and uh, from the other residence halls we've talked about, but it's right down the street from the old Athens Lunatic Asylum. And it's been said that the Ohio University Inn is home to more than one ghost, with employees and guests experiencing paranormal activity. Here's a little story for you, Bunk Funkers. One of the inn's guests died of a heart attack in this hotel room in the late 1980s. The guest was with his family, who discovered his body, and each year, near the anniversary of the man's passing, the hotel sees increased paranormal happenings. A student employee of the inn, Gabby Beeler, told the Post-Athens this story. Quote, I was working, and it was about 11.30 at night. I get a call from the room where the man died. I know there's nobody in that room, but I wanted to make sure. I picked up the phone, and I can hear heavy breathing. It goes on for about 30 seconds, and then it hangs up. End quote. Now, I have no proof of this, Bunk Funkers, but it's looking increasingly like this ghost might just have been Andy. Thank you, Art. Finally, a sensible thought. It's not a ghost. It's just a deeply unhealthy person who snuck into the hotel and just happens to be squatting in the room where another person died previously. Occam's razor. Thank you. Mamma mia. This guy's a real piece of work. Blaccio, you've got a point. At any rate, Gabby said that uh, after that heavy breathing call, she noticed that the same room was dialing out to 911. I almost said 911. 911. Uh, Gabby tried to call the room, but nobody picked up. Gabby said this, quote, turns out the room called 911 seven times. That's how many calls the family made when they discovered the dad in the hotel room. Quote. Finally, let's end with a story sent in by our bunk funker Benjamin, whose own mother was an Ohio University student and had a ghost encounter. Surprise! Thank you, Benjamin. Surprise! Yeah, this is awesome. Well, I mean, it's a great story, and I appreciate you sending it in. I don't know how your mom felt about this happening, but here we go. Here's what Ben wrote. Quote, she... Ben's mom worked in the library. She had an experience multiple times with what can only be described as a ghost. She would push the chairs in systematically in the basement. 
By the time she got to the end, some of the chairs moved back out. She'd yell, stop it, and it would stop. She also claimed to have seen a glimpse of an apparition floating amongst the shelves. End quote. Benjamin's a mom and did it the right thing. You have to communicate clearly with the ghosts. Most of us are very old and we cannot hear very well. That's a good point. It's not. It's not a good point. Well, hey, Mr. Sourpuss, why don't you turn that frown upside down? Because that was the whole enchilada on some of Ohio University's most prominent hauntings. Which means it's a time to a break of the record for the fastest pasta eating. I have already prepared the pasta. What a lame gimmick, Art. Oh, my God. A hovering bowl of piping hot pasta. That was obviously cooked by you somehow while we were presenting the whole enchilada on this topic, even though you were in my sight the entire time. And you managed to rig up some sort of a fishing line thing here, even though I can move my hand above and below this plate of pasta and there are clearly no wires or anything. I don't know how you think this cheap magic trickery is supposed to convince me that ghosts are real. What a friggin' joke. (sighs) At this point, Andy, it feels like you're just being willfully ignorant. Hey, Art, I guess you can call me the Beach Boys because I know there's an answer. I'm not calling you the Beach Boys. Oh, Maron, this guy is a real stunad. But at least he can eat a pasta like a Palaccio used to. Sucking down at those spaghetti. Now, Andy, on my signal, you are going to manja. You know, three. Uh, two. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. This is just pasta and sauce. I mean... I get that the challenge is only pasta and sauce, but like, I don't eat just pasta and sauce, okay? I need like several baseball-sized meatballs or a few Italian sausage links if I'm going to eat this. I mean, don't worry. I can still eat all of this in like 10 seconds or whatever, so you can be free of eternal torment or whatever. Mamma mia. Okay, here you go. Here's some salsiccia for you, pasta. Now, ready? That's it? Manja! Look at them go! It's disgusting and beautiful all at the same time. Finally, I'm going to be released from this torment. Oh God! I'm joking. I know it's lots of stuck in my throat. I can't manage this pasta. <laughs> Cazzo! Faccio culo! Affidable! Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade, a 
acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. Welcome back, Bunkfuckers. That was our research of the Ohio University hauntings. <laughs> go ghosts. Go, go ghosts. Go fighting ghosts. Fighting ghosts to OU. Someone, there should be more like ghostly mascots. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Like the ghosts or yeah. the, you know, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. The uh, the dead co-eds. <laughs> zombies. Yeah. The fighting zombies. Yeah, you don't see a lot of like death mascots. Paranormal mascots. Um, yeah. Well, There's some good mascots out there, of course. There are, of course. But I would like to see more. Andy, does this take it back to fucking college this story huh what a fun little trip oh, down memory God. Lane. what a trip down memory lane everybody loves their college experience except for those people that don't and or are indifferent to it or whatever but it's uh, i personally i had a great time in college you had a wonderful time in college yeah now what about ohio university where'd you fucking go ohio state fuck yeah i don't give a fuck uh ohio state university uh-huh what, what were the there's got to be something about Ohio State that has like a ghost. I, you know, the place where I went, at, there was, there was definitely a haunted area, and I actually went ghost hunting. Wow, did you, know you see a ghost? No, but it was scary. You know, I think that any place that's old, like yep. we're at this, we're at this point, yep, in society where I think any place that's old, and there are people there, mm-hmm. it's people say it's haunted. Like I, I know there were rumors about some of the older buildings at Ohio State having like ghosts and stuff because there are, you know, some of these buildings that are that are quite old from the late 1800s or whatever. Wow. But I, I never ex pers- obviously I never personally experienced any ghost encounters. And it wasn't like a big thing on campus either, at least in my opinion, that people were like, "Oh, there's ghosts here." Oh my god, there's ghosts! Oh my god, there's ghosts! Really? It's, yeah, it sounds like it's much more of a big thing at Ohio University. Seems like and it. it is at Ohio State, and you know a lot of the a lot of the older people associated with Ohio University, like an archivist or somebody like that, who's you know been around knows a lot of the media about Ohio University, say that this paranormal stuff is more of a recent development. That there are maybe like there were some older stories, but they're getting much more popular with students now. Wow, that it's like in the last couple of decades been kind of expanding their people are pushing combining some of the stories together to make these 
bigger tales about stuff that's going on at the university. College loves a story. College loves a story. So this is kind of a hot commodity, it seems like, at Ohio University nowadays. Right. Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, hey, hey, did you know there's some beef between Ohio University and Ohio State University? Wow, I would bet. So you got to go back. Ohio University was the first university in Ohio. The uh, established only a year after the state became a state. And there was an act of Congress passed even before that in the late 1700s that provided for the establishment of Ohio University. So it's, it's, it was like a very flagship type of university state, very old university. There's also a university on the other side of the state called Miami of Ohio. Miami, Miami. of Ohio. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's, it's also older. Ohio State wasn't formed until 1870. It was a land-grant college at first in Columbus. And um, the state legislature, the governor, uh, Rutherford Hayes, basically like pushed, pushed through legislation to reduce the status of universities like uh, OU and Miami so that they would not get federal funding for education and all that money got funneled to Ohio state so that they could like blow Ohio state up quickly, make a big university out of Why it. Why do they want to do that? Well, it was like, you know, there's like, there's like funding for research and stuff. And they, the state legislature decided that they wanted Ohio state to be the flagship university. Oh, they just decided. And so they kind of shit on the older schools. <laughs> and this is, this is not like, it's not like people are like, Oh, fuck you. You went to Ohio state, you shit on my school, but cause they're doing fine. Yeah. But it's like, oh, you in Miami could have been probably have the position within the state that Ohio State does now. Right. But they were hampered from doing that because of an act of the, the Ohio State legislature. Wow. So a little bit of bad blood. Um, That's nothing to do with ghosts, but. Yeah, the uh, my school, um, my dorm at my school has been torn down. Right. Um, because it was. Because I was considered there. unlivable after you inhabited it, right? <laughs> I've had that happen to me a few times. Um, there was a actually a mental, um, uh, like a uh, mental health clinic. What do you call it? Like a mental health facility, like mm-hmm. across the street with you know um, patients, and and they they would like you know <laughs> they'd be like outside and they would play jazz music. And like, just, you know, be loud. And, uh, and that place was considered when, so that place, like it shut down, but the building was still there. And so that was considered like haunted and scary. Wait, they tore that building down. Oh yeah. A long time ago. Oh, um, oh, well, like while I was still at school. Oh, um, but it was closed before they did that. They closed it and then they tore it down. But before it was torn down, um, it was uh, considered very haunted. And then there was a building on campus that is one of the oldest buildings on the campus. And the seventh floor is said to be haunted at night. Uh, and so me and a couple of friends, we all got together and we went to the seventh floor at night. And we didn't see any ghosts. (laughs) Hey, you know, probably the creepiest place I ever was at Ohio State 
Yeah, what's that? So the main library on campus, the Thompson Library, uh-huh. is huge. It's massive. There's there's like a nice um, populous library section that's closer to the ground, but then the building's quite tall. There's multiple stories. I don't know whether it's like 11 or 12. I don't remember exactly, but there's multiple stories in the library and they call these the stacks where it's just, yep. it's just books. You know, there's no, it's like, there's some desks and stuff where you can sit in these, but it's not, it's not like designed for people to hang out no. or whatever and congregate. It's just where they store fucking periodicals, books and stuff. I, I had to, to work. I got, <laughs> all right. So story time, uh, derail the whole episode real quick. The, my freshman year, I was an honor student. Oh, whoop dee doo! Yeah, no. Well, I they was I obviously was not allowed back in it after the freshman year because my grades were not good enough. But the point really? is, really, yeah. Uh, the point is, I I was I got it was cold in yeah, winter, too much partying winter semester, and I was like, I'm not going outside. Early classes, forget that. But the the point is, I was an honor student. So part of the deal of being an honor student is that I had to take one honors class, right? Every term and we had quarters at the time so i had to take three honors classes so like i took um i think an honors class that i took was a class about shakespeare mm-hmm. and that was in the winter i don't remember what i did my first quarter now i don't i forget but my third quarter one thing about ohio state is a lot of students it's very hard to schedule classes like especially when you're like me and you're like bottom of the priority because you're a freshman and you don't have any kind of priority because you're not an athlete. You don't, you know, contribute any value to the university. You're completely worthless. Mm-hmm. You don't have good grades. Mm-hmm. You're despised by people that know you. Mm-hmm. You have a reputation as being the obnoxious. The dean hates you. Right. Right. The dean of you're known state. as a troublemaker. Right. 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 You're part of the Zeta fraternity, uh, you know, um, full of losers. You, you spike the punch bowl at the big, uh. at the big party. Uh. Uh, luckily someone was there to claim and, and call everyone's parents. Right. And the kids got home safe. Yeah. Uh, but you know, <laughs> Omar, is that you? <laughs> uh, so anyway, it was hard to schedule honors classes. So I didn't always have, I tried to fit them into stuff that I already needed, but I didn't always have a choice, you know, like it would meet a general education curriculum thing, but I didn't always get that choice. So, my last quarter of my freshman year, I had to take the only honors course that I could sign up for was a capstone writing course for history majors. So this is like people who are history majors. Right. This is like 300. This is the courses. last class they're taking right. before they graduate. Their last writing class. That's crazy that they would even let a freshman take that class. <laughs> and I have to say the professor was very gracious with me, understood the situation and didn't like hold me to a standard that he knew I didn't have the prerequisite information. Right. Cause you can barely write like a five paragraph essay. You right. You didn't barely, you didn't know how to put words I was, together. I was almost illiterate. I still am, but he was very gracious with his time and helped me a lot get through this class, uh, which it was just a lot of like reading and writing. I mean, we had to write a lot of papers. So I got a lot of good, like interaction with this professor, um, surprisingly. And yes. All right. It did turn romantic. <laughs> I pressured the professor into starting a romantic relationship with me. But uh and you did give him a chili pepper on ratemyprofessor.com. <laughs> yeah, 
I give two chili peppers. Wow. Uh, oh my God. Wowza. So part of this whole thing was that I had to spend a lot of time at the library doing research uh-huh. um, because I ended up picking up for the the final project, the final like essay. I picked, I guess, kind of an obscure topic. It was about how the in Japanese history, because that was also part of this thing. It was like a focus on Jap- Japanese history. This the professor like spent a lot of time in Japan. Like that was his his interest, and so the class was Japanese. Well, okay, I should say he's never been to Japan, but he's watched a lot of anime and stuff, and so <laughs> he, really, and he had a fedora and a neck beard. He did he, carry several katanas and he at all times. All katanas. And he had more hanging above his bed, which I did get to see. So the <laughs> the point is, I picked I picked a topic to do for my final project, which was how European constitutions, like the Prussian Constitution specifically, were the foundational sort of inspiration for the constitution for the Meiji period mm. in Japan. So in Japanese history, you have uh, this period called the Tokugawa period, this era of the Shogun in Japan where and there's little daimyos and they own the little fucking areas and they, right. their clans are fighting. And then the Meiji were a clan. This is like the restoration of yeah. imperial power. Right, right. They're, they were a big clan. They took over all of Japan. They said, we're in charge. We're fucking upgrading Japan. And the Meiji <laughs> did it more of like an enlightenment way where it was, yeah. they had a constitution and stuff. And so it wasn't just ruled purely by imperial authority alone. There was some legal backing to it. So I that was my project. So like there were actual parts of the library that were Asian literature and, and reference books and stuff. And so some of the things that I was trying to research were only in these stacks. So I went up to like the 10th floor of the library or whatever. And I'm the only person in there because <laughs> they don't have library staff in there because you, you would go down and ask somebody if you needed help and they would come up with you. So they don't staff the floors. It's just empty. So unless somebody else is in there, you're all alone yeah. in the floor. You jerk off on anything. So, yeah, I mean, I was in this library. I mean, it was during the daytime and stuff, but it's still like, eh. It's kind of weird to be at a campus with 50,000 people and you're all alone in a right. building right. that has all tons alone. of traffic. Yeah. So that was probably the creepiest place I ever was. And that wasn't even that creepy. <laughs> so, but you can see how it could be creepy. That is true, Andy. That is true. Um, that is a creepy place. Yeah. It, yeah. Nothing scarier than the library. Being alone with your why I thoughts. always say, kids, do not go to the library ever. It's scary. Better off staying at home. <laughs> and playing video games. Playing video games, you can learn everything you need. abcmouse.com, you can learn anything you want. You don't have to go to a library. <laughs> you can play Super Auto Pets with Andy and I. Um, Check us out. My screen name is Insolent Giraffe. <laughs> is that your team name? I don't know what it was. My, anonymous and a yeah, long stream anonymous, I did a guest dash, Blah, 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 blah. Because we're not logged in. Um, um, no, that's great, Andy. Um... Did that answer your question? Sure. If that's what you got, that's what you got. You know, you don't have fun little ghost hunting stories like I did with friends. You just were alone in a library. (laughs) Um, But that's okay. What sort of, there's a lot of stuff. I know it's not about ghosts, but you know how we are with ghost topics, bunk bungers. But uh, there's a lot of fun, like little 
Um, but university traditions, yeah, and things. Um, did you have fun university traditions like this Ohio university place seems to have? Like where it's like, oh, you know, um, that room is haunted. It's locked to students. Like you're not allowed to go there. Blah 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 blah. blah. Like. You know, we didn't have like a ton of crazy traditions, but like one of the things on our dorm was that we had this like weird. Most most dorms at my school were very closed off. People were not friendly. People kept their doors closed. People did not talk. But my dorm was literally a box. It was literally a rectangle. Just it was a it was not cool looking. It wasn't like an old build. It was just a fucking rectangle. It was the most boring building. And the dorm was literally just, there was a entrance, a staircase, and then there was just a long hallway. That's it. No quad, no like gathering space, no nothing. It's just like my dorm actually. Yeah. Just a straight up rectangle. And so it was just, the door was all the way at one end and then you just walk all the way down the hall and then you got to a dead end. We had a, a, we had stairwells on either side. We didn't. At the end. So there were two stairwells. Um, you know, like one went down to the like loading dock where they could like pull a truck in or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one just went out to the sidewalk, um, into the campus. Um, there was like a little space on the first floor where people could gather, but they, all the dorms had like a front desk area Yep. and ours was part of this group of three dorms in the same part of campus. And they all shared like a front desk. So we had a front desk kind of area, but it was, there were rarely anybody there. Okay. Um, Cause if you wanted something that they do at the front desk, like I don't remember what you would get, like guest pass, you know, it's like the resident life people that work there. So if you needed something like you would go to the other house that had the, the always staffed and populous front desk. Um, but anyway, the, the, so but like, for example, like my dorm was all the way at the end of the hall. So I would have to walk down the entire hall mm-hmm. to get to the exit to leave. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, my dorm and my only my floor, there was just this like energy between all the dudes. It was split by, you know, guys and girls. And so just like all the dudes on that floor, just like fucking, I don't know what it was. It was like some sort of magical thing where we all were like super friendly and so the floor kind of developed this like open door policy where like if you're if you're home and you're chilling with your fucking roommates, you leave your motherfucking door open and you can enter into anyone's dorm at any time, anyone's room. If the door's open, baby, you fucking enter, bro. You come chill. Come hang out. Come play some video games. So that was kind of like what I'm trying to get at is that's kind of like a little like mini tradition that we kind of had on our floor was like we had this weird open floor policy that was very strange from other dorms. Oh. This like, is crazy. It sounds a lot like my dorm. Does it really? Yeah. Because we did, everybody got along really well. Yeah. On our floor. And it was the same thing. It was like guys on one floor, girls on the opposite floor. So yeah. it's like I was on the, the ground floor was girls. The second floor was girls. The first and third floors were boys. And uh, yeah, we all had like really good. But you most everybody like got along. So we, the doors would be open. If you walk by, somebody's in there, like, you can stop by and say hi. Like, it was very, very, um, very friendly. But did you have, like, traditions or any other fun little fucking... I know, I know you went to, like, you had, like, football games, and there's bullshit where you, like, 
for some reason at these football games at colleges, which I don't understand this. We didn't have this. My school doesn't have a football team. But yours does. When you win a game, you all riot onto the field and destroy the field. And you tear the goalposts down. So you win. And so what you do to celebrate a win is to fucking destroy stuff. All right. I mean, obviously, you're not a competitor because you don't understand that the thrill of victory, even if you weren't (gasps) an actual participant, is that you destroy things. It makes no sense to me. When people like win NHL games or football games, like they win the Super Bowl and they fucking tear apart their city. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Ohio State is so famous, I think, to me, at least for burning furniture. After a big, are they really big game wins? Yeah, so that's a big tradition. So that's like a fun thing is that 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 I used to like to do. I never burned any furniture myself, but it would be fun to like walk around and see where there's furniture burning. Because <laughs> like there's this whole street in Columbus. That's, oh my god, that's dude. almost all dorms and or dorms, uh, fraternities and sororities. Right, and so like you could also. On big time party occasions or whatever on the weekends, you could just walk down the street and like just go into like the, these fraternities and sororities if there's nobody. You're like getting checking. in. You're getting you in. Just those. walk in. You know if they have the. Door They're letting there. you in though. Well, I mean, not me personally, but remember, I was anathema, so I was not allowed anywhere. But um, you know, it's. I think that was like the most. That's like one of those. What you're talking about is like there would be big big football game, big win. Go out. Let's see what's. Let's see where people are burning mattresses and couches out in their yards. Oh God, I don't get it. Because some people would get these old couches. People live in a house together. The couch is like falling apart. Oh yeah, baby. And best pe- couches you'll ever sleep. They'll on. put it out on the porch of the house. Obviously, a couch is an upholstered thing, so putting it outside is usually a bad idea unless it's well protected. Because right. be gross. Well, right. you go. Why would anybody do that? Well, obviously, they're going to burn it then after a football game. <laughs> You put the you put the couch on the porch. It's easy access, and you could throw it in the yard and burn it. I don't fucking understand. That's it. logical, and it's. Fun. I mean, I've stolen my fair share of mattresses from other people's dorm rooms, which was a thing we would do. <laughs> we would go onto the girls' floor and we would fucking steal one of their mattresses, and then um, we would uh, we stuck a smiley face onto the mattress, and then what we would do is we'd hold, we'd like three or four because these are heavy mattresses. Three or four of us would like pick the mattress up and then like make the smiley face like peek behind the door of their room that we just stole it from. Yeah. Good times. Great. Times. That I can understand. That's a prank. I don't get burning things to when you're happy. You burn things when you're mad. <laughs> you could burn them either way. No, I don't get it. It's it's you could it, have a bonfire. Here's my, be here's, my guess. Here's my opinion. I don't support destroying other people's stuff. Yeah. But I right. also don't, I guess I guess really I don't support people starting fires because that can get out of hand unless you're like being really smart about it. But if you want to set your own couch on fire, I guess I don't care. You can do it safely. If you can do it safely, then go for it. I guess you're right. I really don't. Give I don't a want fuck. people. I don't want people yeah. out there flipping cars. That's right. bad. Right. You shouldn't do that. But that's what I'm talking. But like you storm the people storm the field and they rip the fucking goalpost down. I never did that. I mean, I get it. I stormed it's like, the field, but I never ripped the goal. I get to, uh, I, I storm those fields. <laughs> well, that's what they started to do. Then they bring the security staff from the stadium and they form this little triangle around the goalposts so people won't climb on them and stuff. And then, or there was also a period, I don't remember when this, this happened. So like reckless. But if they suspect that there will be a field storming, if they can feel students moving toward the front right after the game, they'll just take down the goalposts. So that nobody can break them. And the, the real Ugh. thing that they don't want is oh people climbing up and getting hurt. 
that's because, what I'm saying. There's that's a, a big lawsuit thing yeah. for the university. So you're not an athlete. <laughs> I, I mean, I know you're not, but like these other colleges. I'm not groups, even an ath, let alone elite. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, uh, one of the traditions that was associated with football is the weekend, the uh, Thursday before the Ohio State Michigan football game. Famous rivalry. I don't know that this happens anymore because they've done a lot of work on this area of campus and this might be something that they've stopped doing altogether but in central in the central part of campus there's a little reflecting pond basically called mirror lake and it was it's tradition that have you reflected there yeah it's beautiful there's like a there's a stone and earth amphitheater right next to it yeah lovely part of campus wow and the tradition was that everyone gathers around Mirror Lake and people jump in it. It's like a thing. You jump in Mirror Lake. That's fun. Now, me personally, did I ever do it? No. Why? I'll tell you why. First of all, I'll tell you why. It's very crowded. So it's better to just stand back and watch and have fun and celebrate. Yeah. Than watch. To go down. <laughs> go down to the water. Also, is it cold out or is this a fucking. It's November. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. It's November. So it's cold. Ish. Depends. But the real thing is that there's a lot of geese. The bottom of the lake was nothing but goose poop. Oh, God. The water's filthy. It's disgusting. People coming out of there with like that black and white slime all over the lower half of their body. Not my scene. But I did enjoy going down there. I did enjoy going down there and watching and filleting myself to all the (laughs) wet people. I did enjoy masturbating. Off to the side. That's so fucking gross. I can't imagine a grosser feeling than being in your winter gear, jumping into a lake and being covered in oh, shit. Well, that's and the thing slime. you don't. You know, you dress down, take off your gear. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, a lot of shirtless hunks in there. No, you you better believe it. There's plenty of hunks, but that's sort of a rite of passage for a lot of students that you have to jump in Mirror Lake. No, fuck that. But yeah, that's what I I'm said. Not subscribing I to that passage. I didn't do. That. I mean. If I had to guess, I would say that more students have not done it than have done it over the course of the existence of this tradition. Let us know if you're a current Ohio State University. Current or former. Or former. Did you jump in Mirror Lake? Did you jump in the Mirror Lake? How much goose poop did you get on yourself? And how much goose shit did you get all over your bod? Um, what other, I mean, what other fun points of, should we talk about the topic at all? No, no, let's just talk about our own colleges. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what people want, right? <laughs> Which of these is uh, your favorite, Andy? What do you like? I know you're not a big ghost wow, guy. Wow. You have an anti-ghost agenda. Uh, but uh, which of these is, uh, you know? I guess let me go through kind of chronologically. I guess Margaret Schilling is not my favorite because I think it's really just sort of sad. But those are the best ghost stories. It's just like, oh, here's a woman that got locked in a room and then died. because yeah. She couldn't call for help. Right. Here's a and her uh, body was there long enough that there was some sort of chemical reaction with the concrete and it well, left a stain. Oh, this is sad. Got the makings of a great ghost story. I don't know what you're talking about. It does. I'll admit that, but I also feel like the ghost aspect of that story is maybe a little underutilized. The ridges itself, the old asylum, very creepy. Very creepy. One of the like finer points I think from that is how. They said there's still shackles in the basement. That's crazy. And somebody carved into the wall. I'm I was never crazy. That's pretty creepy. I gotta hand it to you. That's Ohio, a good that's a good touch. Ohio University, that is a great 
like tradition, haunted story, scary thing about your university that you can have people do. Yeah. Be like, oh, you got to go into the basement and see the shackles. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, fuck. That's, that's way cr- too fucking that's scary. That's creepy as hell. Yeah. Just the thought of mental patients who, let's keep in mind, this this is an old-fashioned asylum. So this is these people fashioned. may not have had any mental issues at all. No, they could have had normal ailments that we consider normal today. Yeah, stuff that we would have been in there. (laughs) Yeah, people would never have been institutionalized. I was reading that a lot of a lot of the patients at first were women. Yeah, and it's things like she's hysterical, right? Or women who were going through menopause were being admitted. (laughs) Um, There were a lot of patients from who were Civil War veterans. Oh yeah, who were experiencing what we'd call now PTSD, and they were being treated for that at the hospital. And it's obviously sad things like children who are born with birth defects or something will just be shipped off to an asylum, maybe never to see their family again. Sad things like that. So this is an old fashioned kind of asylum. So it's very possible that there were people who uh, were just having some problems in their life or something and ended up being considered crazy or a lunatic and end up in this asylum. I mean, get shackled to the, get shackled to a wall because you're angry or something like, Ooh, it's very, it's brutal. It's brutal. It's, it's brutal. And it's a good way um, to put it. You know, it's it's archaic, and uh, yeah, their their method of like fixing people is ah, we'll fucking drill a hole in their skull. See what happens. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll fix them. Maybe yeah. we'll kill them. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's just interesting that everything. everything but electroshock I... therapy still in use today in yeah. minor cases. That's true, and it can be helpful. Oh, the first patient at the hospital. But this obviously was not. Yeah. Was a girl who had epilepsy. Oh wow! And the suspicion was that she was possessed. Which apparently was part of the medical literature in the late 1800s is that if you had ep- epilepsy, you were possibly possessed by demons. You imagine that? You imagine that one day your body, you just start shaking a little bit, you're like, blah, 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 and all of a sudden be like, "Holy fuck! Oh, there's a demon inside of you! Why would you ever do that?" I just would. <laughs> I wish I could have been born in the 1800s because I would never make it as a doctor today. I could have made it as a doctor then. Somebody starts shaking, and you're like, hmm, "I think that's demons." Yeah, I'm gonna go with demons. You know what would fix that? Cocaine. Let me get you some. (laughs) I would be an awesome light cough. There's a demon in your butt. (laughs) I would be an awesome 1800s doctor. You would be an incredible 1800s doctor. Dr. Andy, medicine guy. (laughs) Prescribing cocaine and and, and saying it's demons. Look, you got a lot of treatment options with this. Thankfully, the latest and greatest on the market is this thing called methamphetamine. I'm going to give you some (laughs) and you're going to feel like a million bucks. I mean, you are until you come down. Yeah. Well, your teeth might fall out, but it's worth it. Yeah. It will um, kill the demons. It will kill those pesky damn demons. Um, the shackles in the basement. You're right. Because I was actually going to go with Margaret Schilling, but those shackles in the basement are pretty fucking scary and feel kind of real. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the university probably removed them. Um, yeah. The, the building, the building now is, seems to me like it's, it's part of it's obviously the university bought it yeah and they use a lot of the space for offices and things so i think a lot of these stories originate from when the university bought it Mm. and it doesn't necessarily reflect where it sits today plus this is a lot of buildings that they bought when they bought this land Mm -hmm. so the main part of the facility is lynn hall there's an art museum there in this part of the, the facility. So I don't really know for sure how much of it is still, yeah. I think some of the more 
not renovated parts that aren't being used are kind of just locked up. So it's possible that there's parts of the basement that might still have shackles in them on the wall. But I agree with you. I and I imagine sure. Ohio University is probably a very old university, a lot of old buildings, creaky floors, squeaky doors, just probably lends itself. I've never seen the campus, but I imagine it's very like, it's like an old building. It's it's interesting because central campus, the real heart of the campus space has some old buildings in it. It's very old buildings, in fact, like older than even the oldest stuff that's at Ohio State. But some of these other areas have been through a lot of changes. So there's a lot of these dorms where people are saying stuff happened. They were built in like the 50s and 60s. So they look they look more. I don't know. It looks a lot like the dorms I went to, like the, my dorm that I went to when I covered was, in crusty. Crustiness? <laughs> yeah, just very crusty everywhere. But the dorm I stayed in when I was in college was also built in the 60s. So it just it's huh. this very like to me, I'm going to say utilitarian sort of style where it's there's not a lot of architectural flourishes to it. I right. Mean, they're just trying to build Gets places the job for student, done. Right. Students to live. Okay. So that's kind of the feeling I get from it. I, obviously, like I'm not a I'm I don't have boots on the ground there personally. I've not been there. I've not been in these dorms, but uh, some of the older buildings. I'm imagining like Ivy League, like looking kind of yeah campuses where it's like, oh my god, this stuff is so fucking old. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that there are any of but these maybe it's not dorms like where it's like, oh, this has been continuously inhabited by students for 200 years, right? Um. Yeah, I think that works for me. I mean, um, you know, I with, Stroud the Buffalo, that's kind of a cool story. Well, you know, I like a buffalo, so you know, I'm not into that story. I seems like, like they I would like to know I don't why like to hear about the extermination of the American buffalo. I when I read this great animal. I gotta tell you, when I read that story first, it was like, fuck, there were never any buffalo in southeastern Ohio. I don't think so. I was wrong. You were wrong. I was wrong. Buffalo I, used to fucking roam this motherfucker. I thought, hey, you can pretty much you can pretty much use maybe the Mississippi <laughs> River as like a a line of demarcation that buffalo are west of the Mississippi. Not so. Apparently, they had a pretty wide range, and the indigenous people that lived in this part of the Ohio River Valley near where uh, Athens is, this was like part of the thing. They hunted buffalo. Not it's not the same way the Plains Indians did. No, it's different, different kind of relationship. But yeah. they were still there. Bison were there. Yeah, they're crazy, man. Fucking cool animals. Yeah, you ever seen a bison in person? Oh, plenty. Tons. Why? Why do you say it like been that? Been all over South Dakota. Oh, okay. Took a family trip. Oh, got you. Been right up to the car with those motherfuckers. They're huge, Andy. Yeah, huge, powerful beasts. Great critters. Actually, when I was in college, we got I was in an anthropology class. And we took a field trip to the zoo. Yeah. It was during the winter, so the zoo lights were on, which was cool. Um, fun. But the cool. reason the reason we went is we wanted to watch bonobos fuck each other. And <laughs> now it was really to go look at primates. So, you know, it's the only thing I want is bonobos yeah, fucking. Right. And on the way to where the, the primates are, we go through this part of the zoo that's, you know, the American American animals. So there's like, you know, there's a big burly guy and he is driving a truck and there's a bear that's pretending to be Bigfoot. And <laughs> there was they had a bison. Oh, wow. In the zoo. And so you could get pretty close to this 
the bison was pretty close to the edge of the enclosure. And I was like, holy fuck. They're huge. This is an enormous fucking animal. Yeah. Fucking I don't massive. think if people, if bunkfuckers, if you haven't seen a bison in person, you can, you can read a description of it and you can know, you can see pictures and videos of it. They're obviously huge. Seeing it in person was a different experience. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you. It's like I can visualize how big a bison is in my mind, but seeing it in person was pretty shocking. Yeah. Just big hulking fucking behemoth critters. Yeah. I just would like to know why they beheaded it. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) They didn't do anything else to the rest of the body. Just cut the head off. Maybe maybe the fucking Union soldiers. Uh, Oh, God, I hope they were Union soldiers. Classic Union soldiers with their large claymores um, as they would, uh, you know, go from city to city. And if anybody, if any animal or man or person spoke out against the king of America, they would then behead them. Right. Yeah. Or perform some kind of crime. Right. Um, Luckily, they were led into battle by their wizard, Ulysses S. Grant. Who would later ascend to the throne? <laughs> uh, the Wizard King. The Wizard King, Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, all right, Andy, should we get to some verdicts here on Ohio University hauntings? Yeah, we can get to verdicts. I, I mean, motherfuckers, you know what I'm going to say, right? It's, it's case closed. I mean, just ghosts don't exist. I think all these stories are fun, though. Yeah. I kind of am in a weird place always with ghost stories. In like that in your life, in that I like ghost stories. I think they're fun. And but you have an anti ghost agenda. I have an anti ghost agenda. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't think they're real. I don't believe in anything that's fun or outside of this world. So <laughs> I'm going to go case closed. But I think that this all contributes to a pretty fun fabric for the backdrop of Ohio University. I agree. Um, that's yeah. That's a nice way to put it, Andy. And um, I'm going to go with like plausible molecule. Okay. You know me, I'm a little bit more lenient on the ghosts than you are. I think these are scary, spooky places, and I would be afraid to go there. <laughs> um, I think it's nice that people can turn the deaths of thousands of mental patients into something fun. <laughs> God damn it. Stop putting those fucking <laughs> buttons on things that I say in jest. <laughs> oh, and Andy does that holier than thou thing. Wow, I think that's really fun how you can just do that, Art. Bless your heart. How you can think it's fun that thousands of mental patients who died unjustly <laughs> is fun. Oh boy. It's so, it's so great to hear about a story of a woman who was disowned by her family because she was going through menopause and had some mood swings and got dropped at an asylum where she died and was never claimed. Oh, how hilarious. Now her ghost haunts the building. Wow. It's so cool. I'm going to plausible molecule. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, ghosts are scary to me. I don't, uh, I don't like ghosts. Stay away from me, ghosts. And, um, these, yeah, this is a spooky place. These are haunted places. It scares me. So, bug fuckers, those were our verdicts. Let us know what you think about the Ohio University hauntings. Use the hashtag. Wow. I thought I'd have a hashtag. Hashtag Falaccio. After our scorned Italian ghostly friend that you don't think is real. Yeah, I guess he'll be showing up a lot more often now. Yeah. Since I wasn't able to break the curse. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's pretty pissed at you. Not happy. He was calling you a lot of bad words. Yeah. Which you definitely 
interpreted for me. You don't, you you didn't believe me. You you still think it's just me saying that, even though I mean I know I have a thick Italian accent. I'm telling you though, this was real Italian, flesh and blood Italian. Yeah, I'm an F- FBI, full bodied Italian, full blooded Italian, full bodied Italian. Yeah, you're so voluptuous. <laughs> He's a BBI, big, beautiful Italian. <laughs> Full bodied. <laughs> you said it so confidently. Full FBI, full bodied Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it, but it's that's such a weird thing to say. Full body Italian. He's got a great body, that Italian. Full body Italian. Oh, the 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 front notes, the aftertaste, the oh, the body on this body. Italian. You can tell this is a body that's been really aged in oak. <laughs> From the south of Naples, baby. Yeah. Oh, this is mm-hmm. cool. We'll buy it Italian. Um, <laughs> Bugbuckers, uh, <laughs> use the hashtag Palaccio. <laughs> or, or you can use the hashtag full bodied Italian. <laughs> if you want. Oh my God, I'm crying. Um, use either of those hashtags. Let us know what you think about the Ohio University hauntings. Email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at MrBunkerPod. <laughs> Find us on YouTube, our YouTube channel, MrBunkerPodcast.com for our merch. And, uh, oh, God, links to our videos. And um, if you feel so inclined, you have a means to do so, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash MrBunkerPod. Five bucks a month will get you access to the entire back catalog of Andy and Art Debunked, available only on the Patreon. Tons of fun episodes on there. 30 to 40 hours of worth of content. Comedy content. Um, uh, Access to the Bunker Discord. Bunker Newsletter. uh, Shout out. Bunker Alarm. Tons of great stuff. Check it out. Patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker. Pod Andy. (sighs) Any last words? Well, I want to finish this episode by saying thank you to Benjamin. Thank you to Benjamin. This was a great topic. Um, I appreciate you sending it in. And we both do. Personal touches. Yes. What? I, so awesome when we get bunk funkers send in a topic and have a personal story attached to it. Right, I love that. Right. I don't want to shit on any bunk funker that sends in any topic. We never do. Because and we respond to every email, damn it. We respond to emails that come to us and yeah. eventually. And I want eventually. to say. <laughs> That every topic you send in, we love it. Great. Thank you, everybody, for sending in your topics. This was really awesome to get a personal touch on this one. Thank you to Skyler. Thank you to Skyler. Never thought I'd be saying that. I know. It feels wrong coming out of It feels wrong, but thank you to Skyler. Joining the Patreon, supporting the show, being coerced into doing so. Um, well, Andy, that's great. Well, and we, we thank you to Benjamin. Thank you to Skyler. But no thanks. To the uh, titular Mr. Bunker, but for my, uh, but for not the titular Mr. Bunker, yeah, I should say, but for not. my violescent. Wow. I'm radiating ultraviolet light. Maybe. 
Bio Lesson co-host Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Arrivederci, a bunk of hunkers. <laughs> it's a me, a relaccio. <gasps> You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.